That's a great song. Praise God for what he's done. Amen. And take it a little step further. Praise God for what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. At this time, we got, we're blessed today. Brother Hanson is going to bring the message for us today. I'm looking forward to hearing him this morning. And I want to I want to say, Brother, you know, I appreciate everybody here. Uh, Brother Hanson, dropped many, probably not a day go by, I don't think about you. Because I know from the road I've been on, how tough it is sometimes. And I praise God, he's put hands here for us. Amen. You know, a few years ago, he took his sickness, and Satan probably may have tried to do some stuff, but praise God, God had a better plan. Amen. And I appreciate Brother Hans and everybody here, everybody does all the work here, but Brother Hans, we're going to ask you to come, and I guess, when I think so much of Hans, I guess I see a little bit of me in him. <laughs> you know, he may not use all the great words and big outlines. <laughs> But we we let the spirit of the Lord, Amen. So, Brother Hans, God bless you. He might see a much worse version of himself in me. Uh, no, a lot of times I don't feel I I don't feel right coming up here because I don't feel like I'm. Near righteous enough, near good enough, uh, any of those things. I make plenty of mistakes, and I make them all the time. Uh, I've got plenty of my own problems to work through. Uh, so I couldn't tell you why I'm up here sometimes. <laughs> I, need to be, I need to be down there. Uh, and it's, it's really hard when you get up here and you're looking at a bunch of people that know the Bible way more than you, study the Bible more than you, been in church way longer than you, have way more life experience than you, it really uh, feels weird then. I wanted to share kind of a funny. <laughs> wanted to share kind of a funny story. I don't think I've ever, I've never told anybody, but it's about communion. And so we, you know, I've always grown up on the front row, so I've never been in the back to see other people take communion. I've always been on the front, so I'm always the first one doing it. And when I was over here with mom growing up, then she always kept me in line. But eventually, I worked my way on the other side of the church with the young kids, with the youth group, and I was sitting on the front row, and this was probably, I mean, this was my first time I ever remember having communion, like, by myself. Like, it was, no one was telling me what to do. It was going to be how I wanted to do it, all this stuff. They started handing that stuff out, and as soon as I got mine, I ate mine and drank it. I mean, just, <laughs> the, second, the second it got in my hand, it was turned up and gone. Well, then we get to the end, and Darwin's up here saying, now we take it, and everybody's doing it. I... I felt so embarrassed because I was like, I wonder how many people saw me do that incorrectly. Because you, you, that little shot glass, you got to turn it up to get it. You can't just, you know. And so I just felt so embarrassed. And I have thought about that every time we've done communion since then. And I thought about it when I was standing here today. And so now I get it, and I just hold on to that thing. And... And I don't move until Darwin says so. And you might have done that today. So if you're, if you're, if you've done that, hey, I've been there and I've done it. I get it. It was super embarrassing. Somebody probably did say it. Nobody's going to ever say nothing about it, though. Nobody ever said nothing to me about it. And I never told anybody. I was just always embarrassed. Uh, but now all you know. Well, before we go any further, let's just open up in a word of prayer. 
Dear Heavenly Father, uh, God, we come to you today, Lord, and just so thankful to be here. Uh, thankful for everyone that's here in, in your house, God. And I pray as we go forward in this service, God, that we would just honor you in everything that we do. I pray that you be with me, God, as, as the message is getting brought, God. And I pray that you speak to me and through me. Uh, Lord, it's not by me, but it's only by you. And we give you all the praise and glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, I feel like, and y'all have heard me say this so many times, and I feel like this message is like a, and it might be the other team talking to me here, it feels like it's just a repeat of things I've, I've said. It feels like there's nothing uh, new, or you, you, maybe scriptures I'll bring out will be stuff you'll be like, oh, I've heard this before from him, you know, like very repetitive. But it's honestly, it's just what God has pressed on my heart, and maybe it's from a lack of preparation, but it's what God had pressed on my heart, and even the closer we got to the to time to, to give it, it just felt like it was more and more on my heart. So it's kind of what I went with. Uh, I know that I looked in the mirror this morning, and I felt like I looked like a zombie. I was like, golly, that guy needs some sleep. And <clears throat> I was really busy this week, and I was telling I was telling Darren I was really tired, and he was saying he was really tired, and he, he was telling me about his weekend, and he was really busy, and this one next week's going to be busier, and we're talking about ball games, going here and going there, and <clears throat> and that this is what I was thinking as I was preparing the sermon. I was like, man, I haven't haven't done a very good job in preparation. I'm not exactly sure what I want to say, not exactly sure some of these points, all this stuff. And I was thinking, and I've heard I've said this before, but I, I heard it first. If Satan can't keep you lost, he'll just keep you busy, right? If Satan can't keep you lost, he'll just keep you busy. And I look at my life and I go, man, that's where he's getting me. It's not that I'm just a complete heathen all the time. It's that I'm really, really busy. And I think that's, I think that's the case for a lot of people. You, I mean, I'm busy. I had, a, I had a lot of stuff to do this week, but most of it was my own doing, too. Uh, and see, there's a difference there. So there was, I went to a ball, I had to, I had to coach in a ball game this week, but I also went to one that I didn't have to go to. So that's my own doing. So I get in late again, get up early the next morning, busy. You know, Saturday, yesterday, I spent all day squirrel hunting. I didn't have to do that. I wanted to do that. Uh, busy, though. <clears throat> and I think that's the case for a lot of people is you can get so busy and so caught up doing life whether it, and sometimes it's working, sometimes it's spending time with family, sometimes it's you just got a lot going on. You might have a funeral in one week, and then you've got a ball game that night, and then you, you've got tons of things going on. And we get so busy that we forget about God. We forget about that maybe the, the most important thing in our life is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. It's one thing to know Him. It's one thing to pray. It's one thing to go to church, it's one thing to be spend time with fellow believers, but do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And I know this is coming from a complete place of conviction, but for me, I get so busy that that stuff can get put on the back burner without me meaning to. Not me intentionally choosing, oh, I'm going to choose this over God, or I'm going to choose this over this, this time with God. Or I know I should be doing this, but instead I choose this. It's not that, or at least in my mind. 
I'm never looking at it that way. I just make myself so busy. We get to the very end of the week and I go, man, where did all the time go? And I look back at it and I'm like, well, I went to four ball games this week and I went squirrel hunting on Saturday and that takes up a lot of time. <clears throat> if Satan can't keep you lost, he will just keep you busy. And I think that's, I think that's where a lot of people are at in our church world uh, here, but also just in society. We live in a really fast-paced world. Really, really fast-paced. And everything is like instant now. I can get my phone out right now and I can tell you the weather for tomorrow. Or most people can. I think my app's always all wrong. It's usually always wrong. But we live in this time of it's all instant, instant gratification. If I want to know how to do something, work on my truck-wise, I can pull up a video instantly and have some kind of clue on how to do that. If I want something, I can get online and I can order it. It can be sent to me. It'll just get on the way. <clears throat> Everything is so fast-paced and we're so busy and I think that could be a lot of our problem. Amen. Two different times this week I was talking in just conversation with other men and both times, not me bringing it up, it was just kind of randomly brought up into conversation. It wasn't, we'd been talking about it or we were talking about politics and it led to this. It wasn't anything like that. But two times in conversation, it was brought up. It's like, man, think about how much our world has changed in the last five, six years. Think about like the values of people, how they've changed in the past 10 years. Two different times. That's been brought up in conversation this week. And you take a step back and you're like, yeah, man, think, of, think about it. The values of people have changed dramatically in 10 years. Societal values, things that used to be completely 100%, that's wrong, is accepted now. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a passage of scripture that I've read before and I, I'm going to read it again. And it's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. The Bible says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers, of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Man, when I read that, it, to me, it reminds me of what we look like today. And that's a, that's a doomy and gloomy thing to say. You're like, well, that's, you know. But I think that's also part of the problem is we don't want to hear doomy and gloomy. We want to hear goody, goody, everything's going to be all right. Everything will be all right. And if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, hey, this ain't where we want to be anyway. We've got a better home awaiting. And we're going to take a ride on the good old gospel ship, right? We've got good days ahead. But right now, you look and you see some of the headlines in the news. And I know for me personally, I've completely quit listening to all like political podcasts. And I used to love them, like really just enjoy listening to them. And I stopped listening to them, and I actually got off of Instagram completely, and so I don't watch any news. 
And I've just took myself out of that because it was so negative, so doomy, so gloomy, so sinful, so just everything is about all these problems. And I was like, this is just not good for my mental health, right? Because it just makes me mad, just fighting mad. And so I separated myself from that, but I still hear, you know, people talk and they say, do you see this or do you see that or look at this or look at that? And you see all the just sin and you see all the corruption. You see all the things that's being applauded and adored and just crazy stuff. Things that, that I mean, make no logical sense. Amen. <clears throat> things that's, and I don't, I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. You can, men playing women's sports, dominating women's sports, <laughs> winning medals, winning big collegiate medals. And you're like, what in the world is going on? It wouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that ain't right. That's not right. It's wrong. And you've got thousands of people that go and watch it and sit in the crowd and don't say nothing about it. And to me, that's just crazy. Because I wouldn't be one of them sitting there. You know, I might wind up being like Paul and find myself in the slammer, but not for sharing the gospel. Right? So... And you, you see some of the stuff going on, and you just think, man, what is going on? And it's not just that. The stuff that you see on TV, if you went to your streaming network or you just went to television and you flipped through it, you would find something that involved a man dressing up like a woman for kids, running, running down a runway. Well, that's absolutely insane. It is. It's crazy. And it's... It's, some, it's a little bit laughable, but man, in the end, I just get fighting mad about it. And I think, what, where are we going as a society? This is being put on television. And then we, you go to schools and you look at kids, and you know what kids do all day long? Hey. Worship them. And I've always read stories in the Old Testament and you'll, you read these stories in the Old Testament and you think about people worshiping golden calves and stuff. Like, what did that look like? And you think, how stupid could people be? That they would, they would get down on their hands and knees and they would bow to these idols and they would pray to them and they would take knives and cut themselves. Well, hey, I bet they would say the same exact thing about all of us when we got a device in our hands. And we don't necessarily cut ourselves, but what you're doing up here ain't good either. Right, And we spend so much time on them. And and Malachi actually said something one time that I've never forgot, and it's just struck with me, and I've thought about it for thousands of hours since he said it. And he said, Americans worship entertainment. Americans worship entertainment. And I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I thought about that, and the more I thought about it, the more I'm convinced that, man, Americans worship entertainment. And I'm speaking from a place of conviction. I'm speaking from a place of I get home from work and I've spent all day on my cell phone, whether it be looking at videos or whatever, social media, or playing a game on my phone, or just talking to other people, constantly entertained. And I go out to my, I get, I, I come from get off of my car where I just listen to a podcast, entertainment. And I go to my house and you know what you do? First thing you do is turn the TV on. And you might be milling around doing something productive, but eventually you're sitting down in front of the television and you're watching it. And you do that until it's time to take a shower and go to bed. And it's just this constant, we're trying to entertain ourselves constantly 
Your mind is constantly doing something. And you can justify, well, I'm watching videos on how to learn how to do this. Maybe you are. But our brains and our minds are so caught up doing something all the time. When are we ever alone by ourselves seeking God? Amen. When are we ever alone working on that relationship? Remember, the, the most important thing on earth is that relationship with Jesus Christ. When are we ever working on that? Amen. You know, Jesus said, He said, this is how you should pray. He said, go into your room and shut the door. Hey, and we're, we're talking about, he said that in times where there wasn't, there wasn't any electricity, there was no, you know, notifications popping up, there's no lights popping on saying, you've got to look at this, you've got to look at this. No kind of buzzing, no kind of ringing. And he said, this is how you should pray. Go into your room and shut the door. Amen. In other words, you need to get where it's just you and God. And he said, and pray to your Father who is unseen, who hears what is said in secret, sees what is done in secret, and He will reward you. And, I, and once again, from a place of conviction, there's not a lot of times in my life where I'm truly alone. There's times where I'm in my vehicle and I'm alone, but I've always got a podcast on. I've always got the radio on. Or... There might be times where I'm at my house alone, but I've got the TV on, or I'm on my phone watching a video. <clears throat> and I think if Satan can't keep you lost, he'll just keep you busy, or maybe he'll just keep you entertained. He'll just keep your mind not on God. I can tell you, if it's on the cell phone, if that's what we're putting in there, or it's on social media, if that's what we're filling our mind with, or it's on television... I've seen nothing that's clean enough to justify that to help your, your relationship with God. What you put in is what you're going to get out. And so just what God's convicted me of, even this week, is how busy I am and how much that I constantly just have to be entertained. When I need to spend more time with God, I need to have more of those drives where it's just the road and it's just me and it's just silence. Be still and know that I'm God. That's what the Bible says in Psalms. When was the last time that you closed your eyes and you sat there and you just had this stillness and there was no noise, there's no notifications, and you just sat there and you go, that presence, that feeling, that is God. When was the last time that we went into the inner room and we shut the door and we humbled ourselves before God and we prayed to Him? You know, I've, I've read them stories in the Old Testament. And, I, you know, there's situations in the Old Testament where people would go through traumatic things. Uh, Job lost everything. All, lost all of his family, lost everything he had. He was basically, a, in, our, in our terminology, he would have been a billionaire, had everything. He was a king. He had a kingdom, lost absolutely everything. And the Bible said that he like shaved his head and he covered himself in ashes and he humbled himself before the Lord. And you look at David when he was confronted with his sin uh, with Bathsheba, kind of the same deal. Shaved his head and he humbled himself and he wore sackcloth and I've looked at that, and I've often 
I don't know, wondered or maybe even wanted. What is that like? To humble yourself so much before God that you maybe do something, you shave your head, you do something you wouldn't normally do because you don't care what people think when you got to that point. You shave your head and you cover yourself in ashes and you just try to become so humbled before Almighty God. We're, we don't have any responses like that Amen. to problems in our life. And I'm not, I'm not advocating that we, we should, but man, I've often wondered like, man, I wouldn't mind being there. I don't think that's that bad of a place to be. Because God said, humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. Amen. Being humble and getting to that place of where it's just me and God. I don't care what my neighbor thinks. I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care what the people I work with think. I don't care. I just want more of God. I just want to know Him more. I just want to be closer to Him. I just want to humble myself before the Lord and believe in the promise that if I humble myself before Him, He will lift me up. That God, I just want to grow my relationship with You. <clears throat> Darwin's made this point a lot. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go with me there to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41, the Bible says this. It says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem to the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to their custom, and after the festival was over while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. You know, so there's a big festival going on, and Mary and Joseph and the relatives, they always go to it and they take Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus is 12 years old and they're at this festival, but it comes time to go home and they go home assuming he's there with them. And the Bible says that they traveled for a day and did not know that he wasn't with them. And we're talking about Jesus. Right, yeah, pretty high priority, VIP always. Jesus, very important person, and they traveled for a whole day assuming he was there. They didn't make sure, they just assumed he was with their relatives. He was in the caravan of people. He was there. And I read that, and I wonder, how many times do we just assume that spiritually I'm taking care of myself? Well, I come to church. I'm, I'm here on Wednesdays. I prayed this week. I read my Bible a little bit. I, I saw a billboard had a Bible verse on it, and I, I read it, and I thought about it, you know, for a couple minutes. And I, I know for me, I think, I think that I stay in this little safe zone of assuming I'm right with God all the time. And I'm not trying to get into theology on this or that. I'm saying we assume way too often that we're doing everything that we should spiritually. Right. And I think a lot of times we're on the caravan headed back home and we've left Jesus and we don't even know He's not there. We assume He's with us. We assume we're doing everything right. 
We assume that we're, we are, but we really aren't. We just assume He's there with us. And the Bible says that they begin to look for Him. They figured out that He wasn't there. And the Bible says in verse 45, when they did not find Him, they went back to look for Him. I just think, as a country, as a church, it's time for people to go back because Jesus is not with us now. And you can look at what's going on in churches. You can look at what churches are splitting over. You can look on what's going on in society. You can look on everything. You can look at any headline in the world and figure out Jesus is not leading this ship. And, and a lot of times you can look in your own life. And if it looks like complete chaos, Jesus probably ain't the one leading it. He probably ain't the one driving it. It is time for us to go back. And I think so many times we focus on the problem. You know, I've, in, all the, in all the times that I've heard people say, man, look at where our country's going and what it's doing. I've heard a lot of theories and a lot of suggestions on what got us here. But I don't hear a lot of solutions. I hear a lot of doom, a lot of gloom. Well, this ain't ever going to be fixed. It's never going to get back. Well, maybe it won't. But I don't hear a lot of people talking about the solution. And in my mind, there's only one answer. And that's get back to loving Jesus Christ. Get back to knowing Him more. Get back to going into the inner room and closing the door and shutting ourselves away from everyone else and just seeking the face of God. And that's something I've got to do for me. I can't tell you about it and hope you go and do it. I don't care if you go and do it or not. I'm going to start doing it. I've got to start doing it. And when I start doing it, then that'll be impactful to the people around me. And when you start doing it, it'll be impactful to the people around you. And when the church starts doing it, it will be impactful to the world around them. <clears throat> AJ, if you'll come. You know, the Bible says in verse 45, it says, it says, they went back to look for Him. My favorite verse in the whole Bible, and y'all have heard me say it a lot of times, is Jeremiah 29, 13. The Bible says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Amen. And man, that's just where I want to be today. Is I want to get back to seeking God with all of my heart. Because there's times when I get so busy, I don't feel like I'm giving all of it to God. And it's not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's not that I'm living like hell. It's not that I'm doing all these crazy things. It's that I'm just so busy, God gets put on the back burner. I ain't spending enough time in the inner room. I ain't spending enough time with the door shut by myself seeking God. And I just want to get back to loving God with all of my heart. I want this church to get back to loving God with all of their heart. Get back to cutting ourselves off from the headlines and all the craziness. Get away from the cell phones and the notifications and put them down and just go into the room and shut the door and just seek God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. I want to get back to loving God because that's what I want to do. Because it's the right thing to do. If everyone will stand.
every head bowed and every eye closed. We don't want to leave here today without giving somebody an opportunity to pray. If anybody needs to pray for any reason, just consider these altars open.